You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. In this podcast, you'll hear insider tips to sidestep stress and walk into your wedding season feeling educated, confident, and empowered to discover your bridal vibe and wear it with style. Hey everyone, and happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. And today you're gonna learn all about how to walk in a gown. Because yes, there are definite skills we must possess to walk elegantly and confidently in a formal gown. So I thought, hmm, who better to answer these questions than Kama Montramini. She's currently Mrs. Thurston County, America, and she's vying for Mrs. Washington this summer. And she's also one of my favorite clients. So she'll come in with her beautiful pageant gowns and I get to alter them for her. Sometimes she comes in with these really fun, like ideas to customize the gowns for herself and I get to bring that to life. So she's become a good friend and I'm so excited to have her insight on the show. So she'll be talking about basic things like how to walk in heels or how to practice walking in your dress. And she's also covering some extra tips like makeup and hair considerations for your dress. Um, By the end of the episode, we realized that we need to have a couple extra interviews to cover some other topics for you. So I am so excited for what she has to share. Make sure that you're ready to take some notes because she passes on like valuable information that I was kind of shocked to learn. And I thought, gosh, I need to write this down for next time. I walk in a gown (laughs) whenever that'll be. Some other fun things about Kama, she has uh, started a nonprofit organization called Survive, Strive, and Thrive Foundation, and this provides grants and scholarships to individuals who are raised in a family with a sibling with special needs, and she's also authored a book called Special Elliot, and this is the story of a sibling with special needs. So that's a little taste of what her platform is as a Mrs. Washington contestant, and I'm going to let her share a little bit more about her story in that, but that's just a little teaser. Let's tune in and hear what she has to say. Welcome, Kama. Thank you so much for agreeing to this. I just cannot wait to tap into all of your wisdom that you have. Um, Because when I'm working with brides, oftentimes they haven't worn a formal dress since, I don't know, prom, if that. Sometimes you don't even have to wear that formal of a dress for prom. So wearing a formal gown on one of the most important days of your life can be super intimidating. And if anybody knows how to walk in a gown, it's you. So (laughs) I do my best, but yes, I do have a little experience with walking in a variety of different types of gowns, (laughs) including my wedding gown. Oh yes. So, um, I know that in the past, I don't know, even like 10 years pageantry has evolved. So can you share with us your experience with pageantry and maybe share a little bit about your platform that you have as a um, is that as a contestant or what is your official like title when you, they call us title holders. Okay. Um, we, when we, when we refer to each other, we, we refer to each other as our sash sisters. And so that's kind of how it's just, we all feel like we're family. So, but as yeah. a title holder, that's all I'll answer from that perspective. So my pageant history goes back to when I was 14 years old, I was in the Miss Teen Queen Washington pageant. Oh. <laughs> It was in Seattle at one of the one of the hotels up there. And it was my first experience with wearing a formal dress. Wow. And I back then gunny sacks were the rage. Oh. So Jim, I don't you're probably way too young to know what a gunny sack is, but it was kind of a prairie dress. And they had all different types. I know <laughs> you look horrified. 
I'm trying to they picture were, that as like a formal and I can't. <laughs> it was they were so busy and they had little, you know, lace and it, yeah, yeah. You'll have to look up gunny sacks. It's G-U-N-N-E-S-A-X. Okay, I'm and running, those it, running it down. Were the rage. So I chose an all ivory gunny sacks gown and it was kind of an A-line with a it was fitted. A lot of them had a little tie that tied in the back. And that was so easy to walk in. So I really don't think that was my best experience with a gown because it was just it was like wearing you know, like a maxi skirt. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was my first experience. And then after that, that's when I really got into pageantry. When I was 17, I ran in the Miss America organization. Wow. At, um, in the Miss Whatcom County pageant. And that, that's kind of a funny story too, because I, I'd never been in a true pageant before. The other one was, you know, a teen pageant. So this was scholarship money and I really wanted to get some money to help myself with college. So it was really important to me that everything was perfect and we just couldn't afford to go get the pageant gown, you know, Mm -hmm. and the pageant gown that I ended up with came from JC Penney's. I think it cost $30 (laughs) It was polyester double knit. And it was just the most simple gown, but I will tell you that it's not about the dress. Mm -hmm. It's about how you carry yourself in the dress. It's how you float across the stage and hold your head up high. It's about your posture. It's about your, your facial expressions and your genuine, authentic self coming through that. So that's what I love about pageants is that even though you might have an incredible gown that costs some women spend $20,000. Oh my goodness. Last year, my gown was just over $300 Mm -hmm. and I felt as beautiful in that as I did in gowns, you know, that I probably could have spent a lot more money. Yeah. On. But yeah. You can pay a lot of money to have a custom gown that's hand beaded and this, you know, exactly one of a kind, but it's not about that dress. It's about how do you feel in the dress? And I yes. think that really carries over into being able, when you carry yourself out in public or out on a stage, you've got to love the way you feel. So it has to be authentic mm-hmm. to your personality. So my, my history has been about learning to, you know, enhance my body so that I feel beautiful. And it's something that is easy to walk in and that fits me to a mm-hmm. team. That really is what they're looking for. Now, as far as my platform goes, I have never been in a pageant system that had a platform because those came in the Miss America organization after I had oh. been so okay. this is a new thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I've actually, uh, I started a nonprofit that's called Survive, Strive and Thrive. And that is what I focus my extra philanthropy on is providing scholarships and grants to siblings who are raised in a home with a special needs brother or sister. Wow. And that's been, it's been very rewarding. I'm actually getting ready to launch my first scholarship. I have the the online forms being formulated right now so that we can get the, get some money in the hands of these people who have been, and it could be any age. I'm guessing there'll be a lot of high school, like seniors that'll be applying, but I really want to focus on saying, you know, like we know what you've been through. We know it was hard to be in a family that had all the attention and all the, all the resources focusing on your sibling. So I want to do something special for you to maybe help you find a realized dream that you were unable to achieve. So it could be, wow. you know, I wanted to go to beauty school or it could be, you know, I really want to go to Disneyland and I was never able to because, you know, X, Y, Z. So I, I'm really excited because there's no restrictions. It doesn't have to be an accredited college. It, it just needs to be your story, what matters to you and what, how you'll use the money. And so if it's a compelling story that really speaks to the, you know, heartstring of the board, that's going to be selecting 
the scholarship, then yeah. that's what we'll, we'll get the money. So I'm really excited about that. Wow. That is so exciting. And that, when did you start that just a couple of years ago? It's been about a year and a half ago. I literally applied for my nonprofit status right when COVID hit. So <gasps> it was kind of a bad time to start a nonprofit, but yeah. in, in reality, I had a lot of free time on my hands. And so I was able to work through, it's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Starting a nonprofit, it's there's a lot of pieces and parts that I didn't know about, so it was oh, kind yeah. of a good time too because we had such you know extra time on our hands to really yeah. learn and grow. So it's been actually a really awesome experience growing through that process. So is that something that like each um, uh, title holder, even just for like Mrs. Washington or Miss Washington, there is an expectation now that each should have some sort of platform, even if it's not like starting a nonprofit, but what are other examples of like what other women do? Well, we have such a variety. Last year, we had a one woman who um, believes in the power of prayer. And so she came up with a prayer journal for people so that they could work through life's challenges through prayer. And so that was her platform was promoting prayer. Another gal uh, believes that all pregnancies should be, um, should not be terminated. And so she, she was a single mother who had a teen pregnancy and she wanted to make sure that people know that you can get through having a child and it's, and so she promoted, um, Mm -hmm. she was an anti-abortion platform. So then there's people that um, really like have something like the, you know, the national heart association. Mm -hmm. So really what really matters when you are choosing a platform is that it has some relevance to something you've been through as a human. And that way you'll, it'll be more of an authentic process and then you'll have more passion towards that cause. Yeah. Wow. That is so fascinating. And I, there's just so much more involved than I ever thought, you know, like getting to know you more and hearing like kind of the behind the scenes stories of everything that's involved with preparing um, and not just, you know, for the actual competition, but like all, you know, the months leading up to that preparation is like just amazing. So there's a lot, there is a lot involved and it's, you only see that, you know, it's just like with, uh, with, you know, when you're in a relationship, you know, you get that honeymoon period and you you just see that special, like, oh, they're so cute. And they're like, you know, I love them. And then you have to get into the meat of it. So it's kind of like that. It's like, it's really glamorous and you get to see this little slice of life when a woman's on a stage competing, but there is so much that goes into arriving on that stage that night. So it's, it's actually it's very enlightening and I've grown so much as a woman. So it's been, it's been wow. Yeah, that is very cool. Um, so I can imagine as you're like, I guess, focusing on the, like the physical preparation or to get into the dress, um, that you may have to work through some like body image insecurities. And I'm thinking of brides too, because for these brides who, um, they're not used to, wearing gowns. And sometimes when you put on like a fancy dress, all of a sudden these insecurities that you've been able to hide through comfy clothes or yoga pants, all of a sudden they're exposed. Right. (laughs) So how do you, or how have you worked through that? And then how can you kind of translate that for brides wearing a gown for like maybe one of the first times in her life? Exactly. Well, for me, I was, uh, I turned into a chubby teenager. So it was one of those things that I was always trying to fit in. And I, I think I used food to kind of quelch my insecurities because mm-hmm. it was you know, safe and it made me feel good. But I think what I've had to do as a woman, and I've in the last two years, I've lost over 20 pounds because I wanted to improve myself. Mm-hmm. So my advice to a bride 
who is really for the first time exposing the shape of her body, perhaps, or really getting into something where she, all eyes are going to be on them. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people just kind of hide in the world and do their thing and they're never really the focal yes. point. Yes. And then that one moment, all of a sudden, and I feel like sometimes that doesn't really kick in until like a couple days before, or sometimes even right before you get down the aisle and you're like, oh my goodness, everybody's going to be staring at me. (laughs) Right. Well, I think it's really important. First of all, let me say this is that beauty does not come from a perfect body. Beauty comes from within and beauty comes from loving yourself and exuding that to the world. So it's not about having a body image issue. It's really about, you know, how you show up in the world and how you show up as a person and how you make others feel. So to me, that's what beauty is. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, when you look in the mirror, if you see things that you know you can improve about yourself, then I say go for it. But don't go for it so much that you have that self-loathing aspect of it. Yes. Because that is not positive. You really need to like love yourself where you're at and Mm -hmm. love who you are. And if you want to improve yourself, go get a trainer, go to the gym, you know, go get active, do things that make you feel alive and feel good about yourself. And I I just say like, you have to start somewhere. So Mm -hmm. if you're happy with yourself and you love who you are, don't let the world tell you what you should look like. Yeah. Just, just love yourself. And when you get that dress on, you rock it down the aisle, man. Just love <laughs> the way you feel in, in that dress and know that that the reason you're walking down that aisle is because somebody loves you exactly the way you are. Yes. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. And they know what they're marrying. <laughs> exactly. They don't have to change for anybody. Now, I think on your wedding day, it's always really nice. Like I, I've seen a lot of brides who go and and get the hair and the makeup done. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they, they are, it's, it makes them not feel like themselves. Yes. I totally agree. It's really important to go and do a trial run with makeup so that you go, okay, this is too much. I don't feel like me. Let's scale it back a bit. Or yeah, I really want to go all out and be super glam for my wedding. So I think you need to do a trial run so that you Mm -hmm. see what you look like, put the dress on, see what the whole picture is so that you know what you're going to look like. And it's not a shock when you, you know, get ready to walk down that aisle. Wow. That is, that's so great because, um, that's so true. I think a lot of times there's trials for hair typically, because when you book with a hairstylist, it often comes with that trial run, you know, but makeup, you have a not everybody team, thinks about that. Yeah. Yeah. But make, <laughs> yes. makeup, I, it's like you, the makeup artist shows up and they do your makeup and you're like, Whoa, I got to wipe some of this off. Well, it, it's, <laughs> if you just find, and I, I know some great makeup artists. So if you want to like, I've got a handful of them that are amazing and it's oh, not yeah. about what they, what they want to make you look like. It's like, what, what do you, how do you want to feel? What's the look you're going for? And you need to work with somebody that will really listen to you and not mm-hmm. just say, let's put this lip color on. If you want to need lip color or you just want clear gloss, do what you want. It's your day. You yeah. get to tell them you're the one paying for the makeup. So yes. just make sure you know what you want. How many trials do you typically do before a pageant? Like, well, so I imagine last- you do more than one. Well, I didn't have to last year. Last year I had, I hired a one makeup artist and we, I, you know, I'm, I'm 58 years old. So my skin is different than a 20 year old or 25 year old who's getting married with that fresh, you know, really bouncy skin. So (laughs) it does take a little bit of a different approach to a little more mature skin. So for me last year, I happened to find an amazing makeup artist who worked with me. One time we went and we did it and I I loved everything she did. I felt beautiful. And she had worked with older skin before. So she kind of had that Mm -hmm. history. So you need to find a makeup artist that will, you know, that really works with people in your demographic. 
Um, I, okay. I did hire somebody else and we did, we did one, one trial run and it really, she really wasn't, hadn't figured out what I wanted and we didn't have time to actually do another trial before the pageant. Mm-hmm. So I went with the one that had done it before. Cause she ended up opening up and her, she didn't have a wedding that day because she does a lot of brides. She's that's her primary focus. Yeah. Is bride. And I, I got to tell you, every bride that I've ever seen her do looked absolutely stunning. And they all loved what she did because she really listens to what the bride is, is wanting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's something that, yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I don't, I wouldn't have thought of that. I just would assume you'd kind of get some practice beforehand, but yeah, <laughs> I guess oftentimes it's, it's not just a bad the wedding thing day. To do it yourself because, you know, let's, again, that person that's waiting for you at the end of the aisle loves you as you are. And if you've yes, never yeah. worn makeup before, it's not the day to go all out glam. <laughs> it's the day to add a little, <laughs> who is know, this walking yeah, towards who is, me? Like, who, wait, where's my bride? <laughs> so, you know, you know, I would be really like, have a very, um, a very light application if you're mm-hmm. somebody who never wears makeup, but you still should step it up just a little bit because you want to look a little bit you know, a little bit more elevated on the day that you're. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. And I even like, um, I don't know how, how to approach this without sounding like, cause I almost thought about making this next, uh, comment, a podcast episode in itself, but I don't know if I can, even when you come to fittings, like, I feel like when you put on your wedding dress, because there's so much pressure surrounding, like, the whole experience and I don't know, like how you feel in the dress or how you look in the dress, like show up to appointments feeling good about yourself so that when you get in the dress, you know, you don't need to be like all made up or whatever, but just like maybe not come super sweaty or, you know what I mean? No, no, that's a really valid point because you have to be able to picture what you're going to look like in the entirety of it. A lot of Mm -hmm. times they'll try the gown on or they'll do the hair or they'll do the makeup and it's all individual from each other. Yeah. But why don't you go on the day that you have your fitting and do a trial run with your hair and yes, get a makeup yeah. application and show up for your fitting so you can see what the whole vision is going to be. Yeah. Yes. And also br- bring the proper undergarments and the shoes that you're going to wear with the dress so mm-hmm. you can feel how you can walk in the dress. Right. Okay. I'm glad you brought up walking because we've all, I mean, you can just like close your eyes and envision whether it's, you know, prom, or I'm sure you've seen this at pageants or at weddings where brides are like tugging at their, like their straps or pulling their dress up or like hiking the dress up as they're walking. Like, how do you prepare or what tips can you share with literally how to walk in the gown? Well, what I do for pageants, and I think, I think it's a a transferable situation where you could do it exactly the way I do it is I, so I have a gym that has a, a group fitness so, you know, the big room with all the mm-hmm. mirrors where you go do your Zumba yeah. exercises. <laughs> I get the shoes that I'm going to wear. And then you can go into the into the locker room and put your gown on. Who cares what the people working out? <laughs> they, they can tell what you're doing. And you can go into that room and walk in your gown on a hard surface or, a, or walk on a, just literally do a trial run as if it's a dress rehearsal. Wow. Okay. So you are telling us to bring the wedding gown to the gym. Bring it and, to the gym. Wow. Okay. Because it really, I, so, and I bet a lot of it is about like how, you know, especially if you're wearing heels, like how to feel comfortable in the heels itself. But even if you're wearing flats, like the feel of a dress is so different. 
you know, yeah, then... so here's an example. So one of the gowns that I've been trying on for this pageant, it's, it has a big, tall slit mm-hmm. and then it's a really heavy fabric. And I, when I went down to watch the Mrs. America pageant, I was noticing that women who were wearing the dresses with the long slits, they were having a difficult time maneuvering the walking because yes. when, you take a, when you take a step, you're kicking out the, that gown yes. and then it wraps back around mm-hmm. on your ankle. So those are the things you need to discover while you're in your heels and in your gown, because you don't want to discover that it's going to wrap around your ankles the way you're walking in it when you're yeah. walking down the aisle and ha- do a face plant. Yeah. So it's not the day to discover that it's a difficult dress to walk in. So <laughs> I, that's why you do the trial run. I mean, even if it's up and down the hall of your home yep. the, with, a, with a mirror at the end of the hallway, you still need to do that trial run so that like as if it's your wedding day so yes. that you can discover anything that needs to be corrected before that day. Mm-hmm. And I think earlier when we first started talking, you mentioned being able to like hold your head up high and look straight ahead as you're walking. And that's the goal too. If you feel like you need to like hold your dress at all, then something either needs to be altered or you just need to even practice like trusting the dress. I feel like after alterations are done and you've had a professional help you like get it fitted to where it should be, even if you don't know where it should be, the professional will help you get there. And then um, like practice walking and looking straight ahead instead of looking at your feet or looking at the dress. And if you're looking at your feet, you're making the gown like sag underneath the breast line. You're making the length a little bit longer. So Mm -hmm. you really need to practice watching yourself in it from a distance in the mirror, not looking down at all. Like you're, cause you're going to be looking at your groom at the end of the aisle. And that's what you need to practice is actually visualize the day. And when you mentioned, yes, it needs to be fitted by a professional. That is the one thing that a lot of women don't plan for is they go and they buy their dress and it's, they think it's just going to be like a ready to wear. Like you, they, when they go to, you know, Macy's and pick a dress yeah. and wear it. Not all bodies fit into all dresses. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. You have to make sure that you get a professional like Sweet Francis Sewing. You are amazing. (laughs) You've made me like all everything you've done for me has been stellar. I have to I have to do a plug for you because I just (laughs) I love you so much. (laughs) But it's so important that these girls know that you're not just going to buy a dress and it's going to fit you perfectly. You need to get a gown and give yourself time enough to go to a professional to have it professionally altered so that it can enhance your figure and hug you in all the right places. Right. Right. And then it's going to lay the in like lay in the right places and not bunch up. And, um, yes. Oh my goodness. And, and then you make it walk to... so much better. Yes, 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 yes. When you don't feel like you have to tug at anything or like pull linings down or, Oh my goodness. Yes. Yep. So thank you for that. Get the alterations done. <laughs> <laughs> so have you, I can't imagine you having any embarrassing moments because like you're so classy, but have you ever had an embarrassing moment in a gown? You know, I haven't because I've done all of the prep work. I honestly haven't. Not and at least not one that I'm aware of. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible that somebody else saw me. You might get a call after this. Like, actually, I did see you do something very embarrassing. <laughs> you know, here's why. I am I'm a planner and I and I have the experience because of my pageantry to know that it's important that you do these trial runs. Mm-hmm. So for example, this gown that I was going to wear, like, what if I would have just got it altered and showed up on the stage with it, I probably would have fallen ahead first in that gown. Yeah. So the reason that I haven't had an embarrassing moment is because I've done the things that I'm suggesting the brides do. Yes. Yeah. Get your alterations, get the proper shoes, make sure that you practice walking in it, make sure that you have everything in place the way you want it. And, and then you can be carefree and you don't have to worry about an embarrassing moment. That's so awesome. And 
even just last summer, you had a complete rehearsal like pageant in your mom's backyard or something, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. So that's something else you can do for for maybe like at a, you know, for your for your bridesmaids or your, you know, your mother-in-law and your mother. What I did that was a really cool thing and it was kind of a way, I mean, it could be a way to raise money for a honeymoon or something. Mm-hmm. But I raised money for um, the Mrs. America national charity. So everybody do- did a donation and I donated that to Victoria's Voice, which is our charity that fights drug abuse and experimentation. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I, we, because of COVID, we didn't get to have an audience. We didn't get to have our spouses there or anybody there to watch us except for the judges and our pageant director. So it was really fun to be able to have a gathering with, with a few of my, you know, very closest friends and family. And I actually did kind of like a pre, I call it, I called it an unpageant because (laughs) I, it was, it wasn't really a pageant, but I got to go, everybody got to see my wardrobe since they weren't going to be able to see it that day. So it it ended up being really great because I was able to work through some issues. Like my Mm -hmm. shoes didn't quite match my, my suntan. I did a trial run with my suntan. So that's another thing that I didn't (laughs) think about Yes, A lot of brides will go get a spray tan. Well, get the spray tan before you go do your makeup trial so Mm -hmm. that that you know what your skin's going to look like when they put the makeup on you. Wow. A, I wouldn't have thought really of that. Tip. I have right. give, given the advice of like, okay, at least like test the spray tan, you know, a few weeks before. So, you know, if you have the right shade going on, but I wouldn't go even have thought of the makeup. And then go and then oh. schedule your makeup trial after that so that they know what your tone's going to be when they do their makeup. So there's no like, you know, surprises with the makeup. Yes. That yeah, is so brilliant. I did, that's what I did. And I, I showed them my swimsuit and my evening gown and my interview dress. And I, and I, they, I gave them judging sheets even oh, so they could write awesome. their comments about what they liked and what they didn't like. Yes. And then I let them vote on the swimsuit that I was going to wear, which was kind of fun, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe they could, she could have them, you know, help her select her jewelry. Yeah. Um, okay. Which earring do you think looks better? So that way that it gives them that confidence knowing that everything's going to be just right. On the I line. love that. That is so cool because granted some brides are you know, just naturally a little bit more casual, but I think of other brides who are having, especially, you know, post COVID are having these big ceremonies where there is a lot of pressure and there's so much prep. And also why not just have one more night to wear the dress where you can make it a big deal, you know, like might as well go all out. Like how often are you going to be wearing this? And then you can practice actually getting ready for your wedding because now you're putting on the gown, you're seeing if the zipper's actually working. Yes, And it's, it's a great chance for you to kind of just visualize how simple the day is going to go. You've already been through it. You've already done it before. So now mm-hmm. the, bride, the wedding day is going to be a breeze. Yes. And then your bridesmaids will know how to help you. <laughs> They'll have yep, a heads you're up. Right. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. love that idea. That is so cool. Okay. I'm, I'm writing down all these notes because <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, we got to like call it something, give it some kind of a, um, like a title, like a bridal, so I don't know, like a reveal bridal party. Yes. A down I don't, party. Or, I don't know, whatever, but I'm sure it would be a fun way to have like, you know, appetizers and then toast champagne and, and thank everybody for being there for you. I mean, it'd be kind of like a bridal shower only yeah. more intimate, a yeah. much more intimate setting. I love how I'm trying to come up with a name for it and I'm actually not having one. So I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you can promote it. Like you can, now you can start suggesting it to your brides, especially the ones that you feel are a little bit insecure or, or just afraid or, you know, like mm-hmm. you can tell which ones are the more nervous Nellies who are yes. like, I've never done this before. Or, like I've never been in a gown before. This, yeah. is a, this is a way to ease their fear. Oh yeah. So even if I'm not planning for myself, I can still plan a party for someone else. And then, well, you know, just... any chance for a good party is always a good day. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is the coolest idea. Oh my goodness. What a great takeaway for this. Okay. So at, we're going to wrap this up and I, I, I want you to give one, you've already given so much advice. So I know it's kind of hard to like think of one more thing, but what is one final piece of advice that you'd give to women as they prepare for the overall wedding day look? I mean, like I said, you've already get, given so much, but I think that I think it's just one of the most simple things that we forget is just be yourself and don't let anybody tell you that you know you need to do something different. If you know in your heart that you don't feel comfortable in this style and you, prefer, you really want that style, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, be you. I love that. Yes. And I completely echo that. <laughs> <laughs> so Kama and I already have, I told her I need to have her come back for another episode because, oh, the wheels are turning now of all the things we could talk about. Uh, but for now, where could I send listeners to learn more about you or about your platform, your nonprofit, your next competition? Well, they could follow me on Instagram at Kama Gale. It's, a, it's at K-A-M-A-G-A-I-L-E. So that's my Instagram handle, or they can find me on Facebook. I have a uh, Mrs. Thurston County. I think it's Mrs. TCA 2021. I have a couple of different ones started and one of them kind of stuck and I can't remember which <laughs> one it is, but you can find me on my personal page and it'll be linked there. And okay. that'll, that'll link them to my journey. And if there's anybody that wants to contribute to my scholarship program, Survive, Strive and Thrive is registered with the state of Washington. So it is a, a, a legal charity. And I would love to have anybody who wants to either help or who, if they know somebody that was raised with a special needs sibling, they can let me know so that I can include them in this community so we can just help, you know, support each other. Oh, that is so awesome. And I will link all of this too in our show notes and um, in my uh, email that I sent out to my um, subscribers. So thank you. So, like, I just can't thank you enough. This is so much fun. Thank and you. I know it's really so helpful. <laughs> I'm, glad. I'm glad I gave you some nuggets. And anytime you want to ask any more, I can uh, jump on. I, I just oh, yes. really enjoy. I love you and I love your business. And I just, you're just such a, a, a shining light in our community. So thank oh, you. Thank that. you. <laughs> thank you, Kama. All right. We will be back next week. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks everyone.